Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you the greatest innovation change makers in the world of insurance and insure tech. We speak to innovation leaders from carriers and brokers. We speak to insure tech founders and C-suite executives. And we bring you all of the people that add value to that community, whether it be private equity, venture capitalists, or even people like organizational psychologists and thought leaders and futurists. We try really hard to bring you the most innovative people in the world of insurance on a global basis. So with that in mind, we'd love your support. So please like, share, follow or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Bond. Welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by FinPro. FinPro is a leading insurtech specialist recruitment business that operates on a global basis. We have delivered assignments across North America, throughout Europe and into Asia. We are super excited to speak to anyone who has some recruitment challenges that is either starting or scaling a business. And we're confident we can help you find the people to help you innovate the world of insurance one new hire at a time please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky to be today to be joined by uh, Vinod, who's CEO of I, I'm going to get this wrong now. I knew, I knew, I knew software. I, it was, I, I was going, I knew what I knew, but I was like, I really should have checked, double checked this just before the start of this, uh, the, the conversation. So um, I'm very sorry for doing that. It's not the most professional start I've ever had, but um, just to show you um, that, that I am relatively prepared, um, that uh, I, I, it'd be great, um, Vinod, if you could um, introduce yourself um, and the business. It'd be very kind. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So I in INUB uh, stands for insurance and UBE in Spanish is cloud. Um, we bootstrapped this company back in 2010 with a focus on um, so being a technology company specifically focused to insurance as a domain. And uh, so the, I'm like, you know, there are four co-founders of this company. So including me. And all of us used to work for Hewlett Packard uh, before this. And uh, one or the other way, like, you know, we were involved in uh, insurance uh, companies or insurance marketplace, like, you know, so that's how, like, you know, the the experience uh, has come in. And uh, like, you know, that was the reason, like, you know, how um, I knew uh, was bootstrapped. Mm. So ever since, like, you know, we started, um, so we have started focusing on, like, you know, so building product solutions, like, you know, identifying gray areas in, in the insurance marketplace, like, you know, so how can we um, help digitize, like, you know, some of these business processes in the insurance, like, you know, whole life cycle mm-hmm. and see, like, you know, how we can productize and then, like, you know, solve a common problem in the industry. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the, that's the motive, like, you know, so how we started off this journey. And um, so we have uh, onboarded many insurance companies along the journey. And then like, we explored different geographies, so like, you know, I, in adjacent to India as a, as a marketplace. And we do have few footprints, like, you know, outside India. And then, so we are we are trying to see like, you know, so how we can leverage our existing adoptions, like, you know, how we have solved customer problems in the India domain, 
to take these solutions to outside of this geography and then like, you know, so bring in that value proposition to the potential customers. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for that. So um, I should have known that if it was a combination of two words. Um, I, it's nice to have a, I wish I had some real depth of meaning to my company name, but um, uh, it's just financial and professional squeezed together and shortened, but, uh, uh, and stolen from the insurance market, um, as, 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 as no doubt you've noticed. But um, um, no, thank you for that. Um, so you were, you were in tech before we were calling it InsureTech, I would imagine. It was, um, it was probably, uh, yeah, so, so going back to, to sort of over a decade now. Um, what I wanted to ask you at the start, because of your background from here at Packard, did, did it, did it start as a services company and become a product led company or was it, was it always that we were going to, you were going to create products? No, it is always uh, our product solutions. So mm -hmm. uh, because the, um, the approach to like, you know, building a product is about identifying a common problem in the industry and then see how we can solve that problem. So um, in terms of like, you know, building a product, um, so obviously like, you know, so the mindset has to change, the cultural orientation has to change, mm -hmm. um, the innovation mindset that comes to the people, like, you know, it is a purpose driven. So you have a product idea, like, you know, which you have, you strongly believe that this is going to solve a customer problem mm -hmm. and, and you embark on that journey. And then like, you know, so you have adoptions, like, you know, so you learn in the whole process you bring like you know so newer features enhancements to the product and then start addressing the larger community so how i can like you know solve this problem and that's a definitely as you said it's a definitely a different journey as compared to services mm -hmm. and so like you know in the product journey like you know so um, you may fail fast and then or you may like you know so succeed it depends on like you know so how your experiences are so you may choose to build a product like you know with with few of your market research or like you know your customer interactions at the same time so when when you really take the solution to the market as a product like you know so it may not fare good and it may it may not solve the larger context of the problem so that I would call it as a fail fast. And then like, you know, so you go back and then uh, start thinking about like, you know, what are the problems that I solve? So uh, we have a very frugal way of like, you know, identifying um, the, the, the gray point, the gray areas in the industry. And we have a product team, like a product strategy team, like, you know, who keeps doing the market research and try to understand. So we have existing customers. We go back to them and then like, you know, we ask them. Um, so this is what we are thinking, like, you know, would it solve your problem? So is it like, you know, they're in your top four list, like, you know, this, this, this can solve your um, burning issue, like, you know, with your existing could be operations like you know acquisition of customers or like mm -hmm. you know customer centric your uh, productivities like efficiencies like you know turnaround time so be it anything like you know customers do come back to us like you know and then happily they share like you know so the direction that uh, they are thinking from a market perspective and the solutions that we bring to the table like you know, they do give feedback and that normally helps us like you know so in crystallizing the ideation process into like you know so going for a mvp mm -hmm. then try like you know like having few adoptions and then like you know solve the problem mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that sort of customer, uh, that customer centricity is so core in these in these product kind of uh, 
the development cycles. I, I, I wanted to ask you what, um, what was the first product that, 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 that you rolled, rolled out of the business? What, what, what was the first one off the conveyor belt? Yeah, so it is, uh, it is for a health insurance. That's a nice story, like, you know, so it's a health insurance space. Uh, 2008, India government embarked um, uh, into uh, building a um, health insurance program in, in collaboration with World Bank. And uh, so this is uh, called Rastriya Swastya Bhimayojana, I mean, in, in Hindi, and it is about providing healthcare to underprivileged sector of uh, like, you know, the, these, the people within India. Mm -hmm. So it started in 2008, like, you know, by the time it, uh, like, you know, it went through a process framework, like, you know, policies, guidelines, by the time, like, you know, 2010, 2011, like, you know, it was in implementation stage. And we thought like, you know, that's the best one to be picked up because it was end-to-end -end digital. Mm -hmm. So there's no paper involved. It was end-to-end -end digital and it had like, you know, so very strong uh, backup of the policy guidelines, like, you know, policy framework and like an implementation would have been like, you know, a lot easier. And then it is like, you know, for, uh, for, a, for, a, for a mammoth um, coverage of people within this geography, like, you know, right. And it is for the underprivileged sector. And it was supposed to reach out to every um, corner of the country, like you know, including the tier two or the tier three or uh, cities, and as well to the grassroots level villages. Mm -hmm. So we thought that's the best one to start off with. Like you know, that's how we built, and I mean, so we we embraced into Microsoft Azure as our infrastructure, which mm -hmm. was a cloud cloud infrastructure, which was just coming up in India context. And uh, so, in fact, like, you know, we did a, a nice uh, case study with Microsoft, like, you know, so because we were managing about 50 million lives, healthcare claims on Azure Cloud. Wow. And like, you know, so that was a big program and that was very successful as far as I knew this concerned from a product roadmap perspective. So that gave us a lot of motivation mm -hmm. and like, you know, so also a sense of satisfaction that like, you know, so you are helping in the initiative of this government, which is in collaboration with World Bank. So um, that did really help us. I was part of the um, Indian government delegation to Germany back in 2013, like uh, with this experience from mm -hmm. industry to like, you know, exchange information and experiences, like, you know, so how uh, uh, a program of this scale, like, you know, so could address, so right from tier one urban city to all the way a village in, in the country, mm -hmm. you know, that's the power of technology platform and it gave us a lot of confidence and that, that paved the way for like, you know, embarking on to adjacent product solutions like you know, going forward and definitely solving problems to our customers. Mm. So you didn't smart, didn't start with a small problem as well. <laughs> yeah, like most people go, oh, we start with a small problem. We're like, we're yes. going to have these massive governmental uh, national rollouts. Yes. Um, but no, what a fantastic kind of place to start. Um, I wanted to ask you about how that's changed because one of the things that's very clear. I mean, the podcast has been. We've been going over a year now, about about, about a year and a, a year and a half, I think. Um, but um, even within that time frame, 
the themes of the things that we've talked about have moved from distribution to, you know, uh, I think we're talking constantly about embedded solutions at the moment because you've got a, a suite of products. I'm interested yeah. to know kind of how that, particularly in the last couple of years, how that's changed, particularly in terms of what's been sort of asked of you, the conversations you're having with your clients. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, so especially the pandemic has taught mm. us um, a lot of uh, learnings. And uh, so it is an involvement, like, you know, so the market, the industry evolves. So the way, like, you know, insurance was bought and sold versus today, like, you know, so how it is, like, you know, there is definitely a difference. Mm -hmm. In a country, like, you know, where insurance penetration was like, you know, three to four percent, like, you know, it is a lot of awareness. And then you leverage a lot on the distribution, the kind of innovation, like, you know, so customers do on the product side also has gone through tremendous change. Mm -hmm. So the question is like, you know, how does company like us, like, you know, help customers go, in, go through in this journey, right? So mm -hmm. how, does, how does we support them with product solutions so that they embark onto this journey quicker and faster and their go-to market is much, much faster than like, you know, so that they want to be. Like, you know, that is where we, we come into picture and that is how like, you know, so our product solutions do help. So if you look at last five years of context, so there is mobile, there is cloud, there is mm -hmm. like, you know, so RPAs. So like, you know, there are a lot of newer, like, you know, technology frameworks, which have come into um, existence. And like, you know, so everybody wants to leverage that. Everybody wants to go in that direction. So um, we as a company, like, you know, we also went through the transformation, like, you know, so, um, we were one of the very early um, independent software vendors, ISPs to embark on to cloud journey. And we were very prepared, like, you know, so when everybody had to go through that digital, digital journey, like, you know, the transformation journey. So all of our products, if you look at like, you know, so they are all API enabled, there are microservices, like, you know, cloud native. So we could deploy to like, you know, any cloud possible. And that pretty much helps like, you know, in moving the customers in that direction and helping them go to market faster. And you brought up a very interesting topic, like, you know, which is embedded insurance, like, you know, so um, last five years, I have seen the transformation, the innovation that is happening in the insurance marketplace, especially with the carriers. Mm. So they are, they are looking at like, you know, so how do we bring value proposition to end consumer? And as far as like, you know, so newer innovative insurance products. And then like, you know, these are not necessarily just the conventional uh, insurance products. Mm -hmm. So because the end consumer is understanding the risk better. Risk is not necessarily just associated with the human. Risk is associated with many things. It could be with the TV that I buy. It could be with, with like, you know, any purchase that I do, like a, a expensive digital camera. It mm -hmm. could be like, you know, so with respect to my spectacle, it could be like, you know, so an edge that I buy, like, you know, the journey that I, that I have, like, you know, so that terrain could be riskier. So mm -hmm. as and when the awareness is, is changing, like, you know, it's more and more people are like, you know, having better awareness of the risk aspects, 
right? Obviously, like your insurance uh, carriers also have to go through that uh, innovation. So that is how like, you know, um, the embedded insurance, like, you know, so emerges solving a lot of these um, um, uh, new aspirations from end consumers. And like, you know, so that's the direction I see, like, you know, so a huge potential, not just India, like, you know, globally, because mm-hmm. I've seen, like, you know, so there are at least uh, 30 plus, like, you know, insurance companies in Europe, like, you know, who provide embedded insurance solutions. Yes. And, you know, so this is, this is the de facto standard, like, you know, that is building up, like, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. So RPS being there, um, cloud being there, like, you know, so new innovations happening in insurance segment. So the focus for insurance companies, like, you know, or the carriers is to see one, how do I enhance my uh, efficiency? How do I like, you know, bring in as much of digitization as possible in the whole business process Mm -hmm. and keeping my consumer at the uh, center, like, you know, how can I enhance the experience of the consumer? be it at the um, buying experience or at the servicing experience. So, so from that perspective, like, you know, I see like, you know, a lot of these innovations that are happening in the insurance marketplace. So, so we'll see a big transformation in the life of consumer and as well, like, you know, so how insurtech companies can partner with carriers, like, you know, to bring that differentiation. Mm. It's interesting with the embedded piece um someone made a great point um it's it's not gone out yet but there's a previous podcast that i've recorded with an embedded provider and they said that if we think about the uh, internet as as it's it's a real estate market it's a land it's a land grab um the thing about it's it's too expensive to essentially buy on the high street of the internet now it's too expensive to get to page one if you buy if you if you're trying to buy Google AdWords for insurance or motor insurance or auto insurance, for example, it's so expensive that it's almost impossible to be profitable. So, embedded is like the natural solution that you know we have to go to uh, digital distribution that's non-insurance that that has that relationship with the customer and then offer them the products at that point because otherwise, it's almost impossible to compete. Um, certainly, it's impossible to penetrate a market. Um, and, and I thought that was a really interesting point. Um, yeah, the, the internet has become real estate and the real estate has become so expensive that even, you know, particularly large carriers, you know, what, it's not profitable to compete. And we've seen that with the, with, you know, the lemonades and, and, the, um, and some of the other kind of more high profile. It's, it's, it's so expensive to get into business and get scale um, that it has a huge impact on profitability. So technology really has to be the solution. Um, uh, you you did touch on it uh, about the impact of the pandemic, but I just kind of wanted to sort of get into that a little more. Um, has the pandemic sort of pushed your insurer, you know, relationships, particularly on the carrier side, to to really sort of digitise their offering? Have you have you seen an uptick in just kind of helping or offset rather than kind of just new products as well? Oh yeah, sure. Actually, see, on multi-dimension, uh, we have seen definitely surge in, in health insurance and in life insurance space, mm-hmm. and also in some of the uh, PNC space. Like you know, there is definitely surge in new product innovations, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, they are also thinking through about like you know how do they re-engineer and innovate 
uh, a better way of like you know bringing in new business processes because yeah. like you know if an agent or an mga has to sit at home and then bring in confidence with the end consumer about uh, an insurance product like you know how does this going to work so if mm-hmm. if someone is going to work from home and then like you know do the do the selling aspect of an insurance product like you know so how does the productivity aspect is going to work how you bring in efficiency in this whole business process so unless you are like you know bringing in new tools new products like you know and embark in a rejuvenated or a reinvented digitization transformational journey so you will not be able to like you know achieve that so obviously there is an investment going on in looking inside mm. uh, how like you know internal business processes needs to change and there is also a thought process going in from an outside perspective what does consumer want more like you know based on like you know last two years of pandemic experience that we have yeah mm-hmm. we we need to like you know enhance product uh, offerings like you know so go through innovation like you know in and then like you know so we need to go back to consumer then need to align to their expectations like you know so these products are the ones like you know so they need to cover their risk from i'll give mm-hmm. a simple example like you know so we were we were thinking we were discussing with a customer about okay so everybody is going for vaccination so uh, what if there are side effects of vaccination is it, so that is a risk mm-hmm. so so are there any products any carrier has come up with like you know which can take care of the side effect of the vaccination i'm just giving yeah. you an example of yeah, my yeah, yeah. product like you know so which can be like you know embedded i can say like you know so 3 months from the time you take vaccination or a booster so we cover you for any side effects and that is a classic example of an embedded insurance like you know that mm. you offer because the tenure of the insurance ceases to exist after 3 months mm-hmm. so such innovations they need to come up with and insurtech companies like us like you know need to provide tech platforms to cater to that so that they can like you know so service the end consumer and make sure like you know so that entire journey is taken care digitally on a tech platform mm. i wanted to ask you a couple of questions about product development um you know i, I mean i think you've answered my question to a certain extent i was going to ask about how important it is to be sort of consumer first and obviously very um um but i'm i'm particularly interested in the life cycle of products which are b2b to c which is obviously a lot of the uh, some some of the products that you offer um how do you go about that business development cycle because you are to a certain extent one step removed from the actual user of that product and and i i suppose what i'm how do you how do you create sort of that perfect collaborative environment when working with your sort of insurer client partners so um see when when we enable like you know so new products um, um like you know we we are part of the product journey with the customer and then like you know so we understand like you know the customer journey that that the provider or the carrier has to provide to the end consumer so be it like you know it could be a turnaround time um so from a from a buying experience perspective from a servicing experience perspective like you know so the the idea is to see like you know today how is your business process catering to providing the quality of service to the end consumer so what is the response time for the consumer what is the turnaround time so like you know can we can we reduce this 
like you know it doesn't have to be fully automated like you know so however so how much of the manual process like you know we can enhance bring in automation and to see like you know so that the end consumer gets the better response and your internal business process goes through better efficiency hence like you know so your productivity is higher so your mm. roi on an investment like you know you can measure it like you know by some of these qualitative and quantitative metrics specifically like you know from a end consumer experience perspective and we go back to them and say like you know so by doing so so your loyalty quotient with end consumer is higher so because some of these are renewal businesses like you know every year on year it it renews mm-hmm. so you need to enhance the loyalty quotient with end consumer and then so obviously like you know so this is customer centered like you know so digital journey that you need to build so that is how we go back to carriers and because we work with multiple customers so we cross leverage our experience and then bring those like you know suggestions value to the carrier to see like you know how they can be on a continual improvement process yeah fantastic thank you um and uh i i suppose i want to know you know you've got a really good sort of broad under, view of of broking community because you don't just sell to carriers you work with brokers as well is that my is that is that correct so you've got a real kind of like 360 view of what's happening in the insurance market but how do you how far do you think this can go uh, you know are we going to see an insurance company and arguably we already are but i suppose it's an interesting to think about you know become almost like a fund of 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 cash and and really we can digitize the distribution we can digitize the kind of the claims process like uh, how far do you think we can go and and i suppose kind of looking into the future uh, i i love asking people that are technologists saying you know what does what does insurance look like in 2050 from your point of view see i mean um, see all of these like you know so aspects that you talked about the claims processing like you know the um, Uh, buying experience the brokers so this is the entire insurance marketplace so the way like you know innovation is going ahead like so first thing like that i see um going forward like you know so they will there will be a lot of focus on making sure from ideation of a product innovation mm-hmm. to like you know uh, reaching out to a consumer that time is going to shrink so so that is that will definitely be a focus like you know so where from ideation to like you know reaching to customer is is as much shorter as possible so it could be like you know a combination of uh, cloud native cloud infrastructure uh, rpas like you know mobile and like you know so blockchain like you know, so many of those 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 tech frameworks like you know will come into picture like you know how this is like you know distribution and like your direct to consumer journey like you know so could be much much stronger because like the more and more like you know you reach out people on a mobile like you know so it is much faster that mm-hmm. is one aspect second aspect is like you know so you would like so there will be a lot of automation and simplified business processes to make sure like you know so how the servicing is going to take place mm-hmm. three like you know when embedded insurance is is going to take over and then say like you know so everything is going to be benefit driven so and then like you know so the risk awareness is going to increase mm-hmm. 
and the product innovations like you know will go in the direction of uh, embedded insurance and like you know obviously like you know it is going to be completely tech driven i mean insure tech driven so the the today's carriers probably are going to become insure tech companies like you know going forward like you know so there could yeah. be like changes in the regulation compliance aspects but however like you know but the other side also is possible like you know so the 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 insure tech companies can also go ahead and then like you know start like acting as like you know representatives of these carriers or mm-hmm. uh, pseudo brokers like you know so it could be like you know so it could be completely um, driven like an insurtech community like you know so reaching out to end consumer like you know so covering the risks and mm-hmm. and probably like you know that's going to be the scenario like you know how it is going to be and its ideation is going to become like you know just one aspect of it mm-hmm. so um today's world like you know it is lot driven by the carrier and like you know so the insurtech is an enabler it could become the flip where like you know it's lot driven by tech and like you know so the carrier innovation is is an augmentation to make sure that like you know it it's like it the ideation gets into a conveyor belt and it reaches the destination mm. i see that that's a possibility in the near future Yeah, it's it's something I talk about quite often because I so I I've, I've been a headhunter for 16 years and 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 for the first 13 it was pure traditional insurance and 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 brokers and underwriters and and then three years ago we became a, an insure tech focused business but I've, I've said this to people a lot for, for quite often is that still a lot of what we do is placing underwriters and brokers we're just putting them into you know what's called an insure tech but quite often that's a digitally native. insurance broker or, or or digital mga or 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 a neo insurer um but then we do work with a lot with saas companies as well um but i've said all along i i think at some point it will meet in the middle and we'll we'll stop calling insurtech insurtech it will just be insurance um as you say i think a lot of you were already seeing tech players some are some are launching their own platforms but they're also offering to provide some capacity as well and 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 there's a there's quite a few sort of hybrid businesses and uh it's caused me a <laughs> I won't lie uh, but it's caused, it's caused me a lot of problems because I'm trying to categorize them on my CRM system and I'm like well is it an insurtech is it a digital MGA is it yeah. a carrier and sometimes it's it's a blend of all of those things um I don't know where I don't know where I'd put your company you do so many different things I'd, I'd struggle um but you touched on regulation and I I wanted to ask you that question um because you've got a geographic spread and, and and what part does regulation have to play um and and I suppose what I'm really asking is you know how far can we go with innovation without basically a help from the regulatory bodies because some of the kind of complexity that's built in of course it's there to protect us and 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 make sure claims are paid and um all of those things but also the complexity that a lot of consumers complain about with things like wordings uh the complication of products is regulatory driven so um do you think the regulators have got a bit of a you know a part to play there well, of course yes i mean so you know so regulator um see the the way they balance um the ecosystem so they're of course like you know representative of uh, the consumer so mm-hmm. they want to make sure like you know so when um a policy is issued like you know the risk is covered 
like at, at the event of like you know so the risk need to be like you know mitigated or like mm-hmm. okay needs to happen so they they are in it's in the interest of the policy holder like you know so how it needs to be taken care so however like you know so regulators are also um, realizing and like you know they are very enterprising in making sure for this ecosystem to grow for like you know better service to be passed on to end consumer it is very important they create conducive environment where like innovations can happen mm-hmm. so innovations not from the perspective of insurtech companies alone like you know innovations needs to happen from the insurance companies the brokers the carriers like anybody like you know who who wants to think insurance Mm-hmm. so i am not like you know restricting from the perspective of an insurance company or a broker right so any digital business for example like you know so they need to if they need to think insurance and you talked about like you know crm like you know so imagine like you know so you have um, um tesco like you know so where there's so much products being sold and like you know if tesco things like you know for my customer these are the innovations that needs to happen from an insurance perspective these are the risk areas like you know for my customers and then like you know i want to cover those risk areas like you know so there has to be an innovation that needs to happen so regulator comes into picture like you know for creating that environment where an innovation can happen and it is time tested so mm-hmm. you can create an mvp and then create a sandbox environment where like you know people can go try that out mm-hmm. so if it works like you know i think that's a full proof like you know to go and then extend the risk to the larger community so from that perspective i see um, so the regulators are doing great job like you know so in india at least i see there is a sandbox environment like you know so every year like you know so uh, the regulator invites like you know so idea ideation like you know so submission of that to see like you know what better service can be provided to the end consumer mm-hmm. and like you know more and more such things needs to happen and also like you know on the regulation aspect like you know so the insurtech companies or any digital businesses they also need to have like you know a leverage to um go create their uh, their own space where they can ideate innovation to cover risks for their customers or like you know mm-hmm. their community so then what happens like you know so your your entire distribution model itself will change so what is the job of an insurance company i mean largely to make sure like you know the underwriting risk is is appropriate so mm-hmm. beyond that like you know so everything else is like you know distribution and servicing and then if you have great partners to take care of from an insurtech company's perspective you are covered and you have uh, distributions like you know which is driven by your digital partners and if regulation allows these digital partners to seamlessly go and take care of the distribution that is when more and more penetration will happen and mm-hmm. Like, you know the growth of insurance will be much faster than today's cagr mm, mm. yeah i think it's a really important point about the sandbox um environment i think that's um is a hugely welcome uh, innovation that we've seen um because i think it's it's been easy in the past to say regulators haven't been innovative but i think within the 
constraints of what we can expect from them. I, I think we've actually seen some really good movement. Um, I wanted to ask you about your sort of customer base. So um, do you work with some, uh, some of the newer entities, the kind of like digitally driven insurers? Have, have, you, have you worked with some of the kind of like the, the startups that are in the insure tech space themselves? Yeah, so we do, and we do enable like you know, so product solutions. We do co-innovations with um, like you know, carriers or like you know, mm -hmm. new age like you know, digital insurance uh, companies. So the fact that like you know, so because um, it, it's a collaboration of domain and technology, right? Mm -hmm. So they like you know, so if if everything has to be digital, like you know, it's a combination of domain and technology and. Uh, so when we work with uh, these progressive thinkers, like you know, from a carrier perspective or from broker perspective, so they bring uh, phenomenal domain knowledge, and like you know, so we create a proper di digital divide to see how we can enable innovation with the, with the combination of like you know, so both entities to see the collaboration works to create like you know, so new products. And this definitely helps us like, you know, in our pipeline of product solutions and it helps them like, you know, to test it out, like, you know, the feasibility study of the ideation or the tech, it could be a tech feasibility or the domain feasibility. And like, you know, so how they can, they can plan their roadmap, like, you know, from the perspective of innovating new, new products. Mm -hmm. So, so from that perspective, it's a win-win from, from both the entities perspective. And hence we do embark in that journey very actively. Mm. I, um, I'm going to end on, uh, and I'm really conscious of time, but I, I think this is, um, I'm really fascinated by asking someone like yourself this question because, because um, how big is the business now in terms of how many people have you got in your employees? It's it's quite a large business now. Yeah, we are we are about 300 people company now. Yeah. So yeah. with a 300 person company, um, how do you create? A culture of innovation because you've got the four co-founders you you've got the same mentality you, you all have come to the table with a, a a mission how do you keep that kind of mission of innovation going within a within a, within a much bigger workforce yeah see i think um it is about uh, keeping one a very lean organization mm -hmm. and like you know so two uh customer centric organization so so it is it is about making sure like the organization has um, a right structure in place to make sure like you know so your delivery engine is is completely like you know streamlined and whereas like you know the four co-founders like you know so that we continuously think through about the product innovation we very frequently come to the table and then each one wears a different hat. One could be the sales and marketing, another could be product strategy, another one could be like you know, the actual delivery to customers and customer experience. So, so they bring their own like you know, experience and like you know, it is an amalgamation of these inputs which translate into uh, a direction like you know, how we need to go forward. And like, you know, we keep it very informal, like, you know, so uh, because the scale aspect is already streamlined and mm -hmm. like, you know, so that organization, like, you know, so takes care of it. So hence, like, you know, we, we, we create bandwidth for ourselves to like, you know, so think in the direction of like, you know, so how do we need to like, you know, so propel the organization in that innovation um, uh, direction. 
and like you know so that helps like you know in making sure like you know so we we get inputs from the market we get inputs from customers we get like you know so very rich experience of people like you know so who can come and then like you know give us insights Mm-hmm. So, like you know, to we encourage the employees, like you know, in a forum, to like you know, start contributing, like you know, so their experiences, like you know, so be it transactional experience, be it like you know, customer experience, how an existing product solution of ours can be enhanced with with better innovation. Mm-hmm. So it is more like creating that innovation culture and motivation like you know in terms of freely contributing and then creating bandwidth for people to continuously think through about like you know problem solving so mm. i think that has kept like you know so um, the organization move in the direction of like you know so innovation and like you know we make it a point like you know so we we make sure that um, r&d is part and parcel of the business mm. and our our spend like you know is continuous for the last one decade and we continue to invest in R&D because one, you have to stay relevant and two, like, you know, so it has to be in the direction of like, you know, higher value of proposition to your existing customers and your new customers as well. Fantastic. Um, that's, a, that's a wonderfully, uh, what I liked about that, what I wanted to pick out of that is that, that how relaxed it feels. It, 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 it seems to be there's a structure there, but it's as much about encouragement as anything else is creating the right environment where people feel they can contribute, um, which, which I think is hard at scale. So I think it's always, it, it's impressive to hear that. And, and particularly from the CEO, it's, it's an easy thing to say. Um, but, um, it, it's very clear from you that that's something that, that there's a real culture there that you've built. Absolutely. So culture really matters. And uh, like, you know, so um, making sure like, you know, so your focus, like as a product organization, stay relevant, like, you know, on a continual basis. So the very uh, existence of the organization is about bringing in the product innovation and then helping your customers to get um, better value proposition. And like, don't forget the fact that like, you know, so um, employees are the assets like, you know, who indirectly contributes to this innovation journey. Mm-hmm. And hence, like, you know, we need to create that ecosystem where like, you know, so people contribute. And that's the very purpose of like, you know, so making sure that the, the culture aspect is, is, is very uh, organization centric is mostly like you know employee centric so that like you know so we we are we are clear about like you know the journey is always in the product innovation and bringing value to your customers fantastic thank you so much um i really want to thank you for your time um i know you're a very busy man so i'm, I'm very very grateful for you spending time with me on the podcast um it was a super interesting uh, conversation um uh, it's such a product-led organization and um yeah we, we uh, speaking to the product the product ideation and creating that culture of product is um is really interesting to us and our listeners so um Bino, thank you very much for your time i really appreciate pleasure. it pleasure talking to you alex pleasure thank you thank you so much thanks for your time too thank you
As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insure tech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.